Welcome back to part two of episode one, Jeepers Reapers. If what I said is confusing you, then you missed out on part one. So go get caught up and we'll meet you right back here when you're ready. We'll wait. Okay, now that we're alone, we can discuss our super secret plans for- Oh, <laughs> hi, you're back. Looks like everyone's up to speed, so uh, we'll talk about the secret plan later. Let's dig in. So this was, this is the part of the research where I started getting really excited. Um, I got all of the stuff that's about to come from this book called The Psychology of Death. And I was like, two of my favorite things and I've never heard about this book. And I felt very left out and FOMO'd. Um, so back in, I think this book was written in early or late 70s, sometime in the 70s. And it was written by some psychiatrists, and they did a study where they collected information on how people, just average, everyday people, personified death. 240 test subjects were given an open-ended question, while 421 of them were given multiple choice questions. So the open-ended question was, if death were a person, what would death be? The multiple choice hmm. variation was, would you represent death as young or old, man or woman, or other? Oh my god, that sounds so fun. No fair. I want to pick. Okay, wait. I can't decide. What would you choose? I'll go with whatever you pick. Oh, I mean, that koala is starting to sound pretty good. <laughs> it does, though. Oh, no, wait. I'd pick a child, like a toddler, because have you ever been around a toddler for more than like 10 minutes? They suck the life right out of you. Oh. I swear I'm so drained after I'm around children. That's why they're always so full of life and energy, you know? They siphon it off of adults they like little vampires. Feed and feed and feed. Never stops. That's why they're so cute, so you keep them around. Right. It's all a trick. Without realizing, in fact, they are the demons. Yes. Oh, actually, I changed my mind. So... I love Gustav Klimt, and particularly his painting, The Kiss. And oh, yes. It's appeared in my life a lot lately. I think mostly because Facebook is spying on all of us mm. through our phones and stuff. But anyway, I was thinking, while you were talking earlier, like, why shouldn't I pick my own psychopomp? Like, some people throughout history saw death as this caring guide who led the way into the next life or the underworld or whatever. Yes. And then how unfair that I get stuck with some crap spooky version with a scythe just because some people went through some shitty plague mm -hmm. no so my reaper is going to be that dude in the painting the kiss in that fantastic golden blanket oh. who just like wraps you up in this loving embrace where you're just smothered with the most fabulous comforter in all of existence yeah. and then escorted by this babe with great curls into the afterlife bonus of wearing the golden blanket is it keeps the doula <gasps> away the doula so, you're covered. Win-win. Yeah. Covered by covers. <laughs> covered, literally covered. Okay, so this study, that sounds so cool. What did they Yeah. Find? So there were four main archetypes that came up. Okay. And I'm going to go in, I believe they're presented in the most pervasive order. So, the most popular one, we all know and love, is a Grim Reaper. Uh. Yeah. So the Grim Reaper is known as the Macabre 
I hate saying it that way. I usually just say macabre. You can say it three different ways. You can say it that way because we're in America. Right. We butcher everything. Yeah, my French is not great. Plus, you don't want to be that person who just is talking normal and then goes into a restaurant and is like, I'll have a croissant. Croissant. Voulez-vous coucher? Oh, no. That's all I learned in French class, too. Yeah. If there's not French lyrics in a song, then I don't know any French. <laughs> so the macabre death personification is, like I said, the reaper. He's embodied by decay. He's usually old. He's typified by an ugly visage, mm-hmm. visage. But I, I don't like to use that term. I think that it's kind of rude. So let's just say he, he's attractive in an unconventional way mm. as a death figure if you gaunt it flaunt it oh. oh it only gets worse from here folks <laughs> Sorry about that. okay so that's one down and we got three more so what the second one second most popular personification of death what do the you think koala Se- yeah basically all right sweet. so this one is known as the gentle comforter comforter yeah like but like what I just said, though. Yes. Like blankets. Yeah. And I, I did do it in conduct an internet search for gentle comforter, and I put it in quotation marks, and... That just sounds so weird. A lot of the results I got were... Um, Probably not good. Well, they were bed comforters, and I was like, man, wait a... <laughs> oh, that's way better than what I was thinking. Way to ruin comforters <laughs> as being cozy. Now I gotta worry about them killing me in my sleep, I guess. <laughs> But what better way to go than just being snuggled by oh, your own comforter? Snuggled to death. Until dead. That is adorable. <laughs> Almost as adorable as a death koala. Oh, snuggled by a death koala. That's it. <laughs> death, <laughs> if you're taking orders. <laughs> Sign me up for one snuggled by a death koala. It's basically what it sounds like. It's. I was kind of thinking it's the gentle death creature that just kind of soothes you into the underworld and just kind of is very obviously gentle about it. So I was picturing a personification like oh, the elderly old lady that lives down the street and then you go over to her house and then you you rake her yard and then she invites you in for a cup of tea and you have like half of the tea before you realize you can't actually taste the tea or feel the tea on your tongue and you can't taste or feel anything and then you realize that the twilight zone was right about death all along is this something that happens to you i mean this has to be a trope and something somewhere oh okay it sounded like a personal experience and i was kind of getting jealous because i want that sort of relationship with my neighbors you can have it but i mean well, I don't know that I want to drink something and lose all feeling in my body. No. It's a little spooky. There's only so many times a week you can do that. So. so, all right. So the third most popular death personification that came up, what do you think? We've got the creepy, dying, decayed death. And then we've got, like, nice grandma that kindly escorts you to the next realm death. So right. what's number three? How about, like, a aloof sort of nonchalant death? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh. The automaton. Beg your pardon? Automaton. Okay. Explain. It's very hard to say. Explain to me. (laughs) So this is the death version that's like 
a void of personality. Oh. I imagine he's still really popular, i.e. he comes in third because he, like, makes six figures a year and drives a sports car. (laughs) (laughs) So he still gets all the ladies. He comes to, like, ferry you off in his sports car, and he's like, don't touch the leather. Hey, keep your damn fingerprints off of the door. There's only one cup holder, and it's for me. I mean, obviously, he can't drive a sports car because... Death rides a pale horse. Oh. Oh, maybe that's the modern version. Ooh, but what's the car that's the horse? Oh, is there a car that's a horse? It's a horse car, like the Trojan horse with wheels. Um, no, it's got car. Mustang. Oh. Uh, the horse off the so yes. he just drives a white Mustang. That's all. Loophole. Hashtag sponsored. Yes. Mustang. Get a hold of us. <laughs> and he's got like a steering wheel that's a skull. Yeah. Skull rims. Ooh. Like Elvira, Mistress of the Dark yes. car. Yes. Except his would have to be a Mustang. I don't know what hers was. I feel like, yeah, oh. it was one of those 60s uh, giant boats of a vehicle that was yeah. pretty rad. Losing points for not knowing exactly what car she drove. I know. Didn't she have the leopard print interior, though? Something amazing. I feel like death would probably like chain. Wasn't it a chain steering wheel or yes. barbed wire or something like that? Fun fact: Cassandra Peterson, mm-hmm. Elvira, has the same birthday. What? Yes, dude. I know. Do you know how excited I was to learn that at like age twelve? That's so unfair. Yeah, I know. Okay, so the automaton death doesn't have emotions. He has a human appearance, but like kind of acts like the shell of a human. In other words, I kind of picture him, he's like the personification of toxic masculinity. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Goodbye, male listeners. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't say masculinity, I said toxic. Oh, just the toxic, which is yeah. not you, because you're listening to our podcast, so obviously you're awesome. Hashtag feminism. <laughs> um, yeah, so he doesn't, This the automaton doesn't, derive pleasure nor sorrow from his job, instead taking it simply as a duty. So it's just his, like, nine to five. Yeah, he's totally punching the clock, and then he's just getting out of there, and he's, like, thinking about dinner or whatever at the end of the day. Right. He's not taking it with him. I feel like... it's healthy. Yeah. He's, like, the introverted ticket taker at a train station. Like, he doesn't want to hear where you're going Mm. or who you're going to see there. He just wants to, like, take your ticket and then be done for the day. Right. I mean, in this case, your soul. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, and I thought this was interesting. Um, this personification was commonly reported by funeral directors oh. and mortuary science students. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. Which they, I think, to be fair, I don't know if they, this book got into exactly how many of people in that realm they interviewed but I was, that seems like maybe a high percentage yeah. of those people for that particular study which yes. makes sense but mm, maybe their results were a little skewed yeah because um, you have to pick and choose because if you give this study like hey tell me how you think about death there's going to be certain people who are being like uh not thinking about it not filling out your questionnaire go to hell dude right and then you don't get your your factoids but then if you ask people who that's what they do every day and obviously have like nerves of steel to be doing that job in the first place yeah who can emotionally detach from the work that they have to do or like go home at the end of the day and be all right 
they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, it's this kind matronly woman who just, like, hugs on you and gives you tea and cookies. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I don't know. Maybe yeah. some did, but. Well, and then it was also this, like, probably funeral directors and mortuary science students reported this personification more than the other ones because having to deal with it every day, they're already used to, like, putting off thoughts of their own death and just, like, going through the motions and, you know, preparing bodies, whatever. So they're just kind of like, it's a business. You know, we're just getting it done. Get that money, honey. Get that death cheddar. Yeah. Okay, so now we've got one Ah, more. We're back to moldy cheese. No. (laughs) Death cheddar. Cheddar's not moldy, at least. That's going to be the name of this episode. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all cheese is mold, but it's not moldy. It's different when you can see it. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for making me forever think about cheese in a different way. Death party, ruining cheese. Whatever. <laughs> Come for the death, leave because you'll never eat cheese again. <laughs> All right, so the last one. Fourth most popular personification. Fourth and final. Children. Probably not. Uh, That's just what comes to mind for in me. In a way, you're what? sort of right. Am I right again? You're not totally wrong. Oh, okay. But you're not 100% right. I felt more special a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, it, it kind of. Okay, so this is the gay deceiver. The what? The gay deceiver. Kind of what he sounds like. The depiction of the gay deceiver. Basically, you get the idea that he's like the cool guy in high school. Um, <gasps> oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, it's kind of a dated image because the cool guy in high school usually doesn't stay the cool guy into adulthood Mm. spoiler alert Mm -hmm. but he's described as being sharp or trustworthy in appearance he's usually one of the younger ones so like the gentle comforter and the i will never not think of a comforter on a bed (laughs) (laughs) and the grim reaper you know tend to be older Mm -hmm. physically but the gay deceiver is younger than middle-aged um He's got like a, a lively and enticing personality, but he's a deceiver. He's a hypocrite. He's a liar. He's a con artist. Mm. Um, if you're listening across the pond, a confidence trickster, I believe, is what I heard them refer to it as in Faulty Towers. I don't know if that's still the case, but so I kind of think of him as like the psychopath CEO. Right. Of... I'm picturing almost like the Joker. Yeah. Like all sharp, like. Nice threads. Mm-hmm. Really animated. Yeah. He's like the uh, Christian Bale in American Psycho. Right. Death okay. personification. Huh. I would not think of that. Who were these people they were polling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, this was this book's from the 70s. So, you know, I think... Hmm. So maybe going to, like, group therapy... Everyone, so many bell bottoms. Um, I mean, it was oh, funeral directors, nurses, hospital employees, and liberal arts students. And I think mm. they all work in dead industries. The liberal arts students oh. have in common that you know their degree is not going to be any use, and it's a dead. Mm-hmm. 
dead degree. <laughs> Sorry. We both went to art school. It's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. But now we have a podcast. Please listen so yeah. we don't have to go back to real jobs. We'll get over it. And by real jobs, I mean not art. <laughs> no, nothing to do with art. Great uh, digging, basically. Oh, God. I just... Well, I did work in art for eight years, but then I was like, this is awful. And I, yeah, I'd like to have a life again. So that's all I have on those four. Basically what it comes down to is the four personifications. There were more. Those were just the main ones. Um, the fifth most common one, I guess, was like just some random person that you know. Could be a neighbor. Could be your grandmother. And then you see them and you're like, oh, this is death coming for me. It just takes the form of someone familiar to me. Oh, okay. Like when people see a relative in their room that's passed on yes. or something? Yeah, okay. exactly. Or it could just be somebody that you have known for most of your life and you're not related. And, oh. Well, you know. what if they're just walking past your house and you're like, they've come for me. I'm passing <sighs> over. And they're just going to the corner store. Yeah. Then you might want to rethink your death personification because that would be pretty trying. Yeah. Like if they live next door, that would happen a lot. Yeah. So stressed out. Be hard to have a normal day. Yeah. They should just go with the koala because it's way more unlikely that they would see one just strolling past their house. Go with a koala. Avoid Australia. If you live in Australia or you're moving to Australia, you know, go with a go with a black squirrel. Right. Do you have black squirrels in Australia? Probably not. I don't know. Canada. I just found out about those. There's one in my aunt's yard in Chicago. And what? It's so cute. Oh, I bet it is. Super pitch black. I've never seen one. Oh my gosh. Really cute. Maybe it's a harbinger? Har <laughs> harbinger, I think. Harbinger? Harbinger? And the death personifications are useful because it's a way of processing your fears about death, your thoughts, and just kind of, you know, when you give something a name or you visualize it, basically if you think about something, you're kind of taking power away from the fear that that thing has over you and you're dealing with it, confronting it head on, which is usually better than just like, I'm never going to think about that and then I won't die. <laughs> right. Well, it was basically just like, you know, there are some people in the psychology field that think that psychology exists because death exists. Like, all of our fears go back to a fear of death. Mm. Well, I also have a fear of just being maimed and not dying. Yeah. So. That would be rough. Fun. Yeah. I have a fear of Civil War era medicine. Oh, God. Amputations with saws Ooh. and, like, a piece of leather between your teeth. Yeah. Mm. Not a big fan of that either. And I don't I do not want. You would think there would be a point at which I mean there is, right? There's a point where you just black out. Yeah. And you don't. Oh yeah. Why doesn't that point come a lot sooner? Right. I mean I would. I would just pass out. I would hopefully pass out. Just like hit myself repeatedly in the head until I black out. <laughs> How do we put a bow on that? Go ahead and think about death and like what it looks like and make it cute. Maybe death is like your twin and you're just talking to yourself. 
I feel like a lot of horror movies have done that, though. Hmm. (laughs) Way to just yuck my yum. (laughs) (laughs) I like your koala thing, though. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) No, but that's such a great... I don't... I can't believe... Like, I think about death a lot, and I never thought, what does death look like to me, or what do I want death to look like? It just seemed like something that existed before me, and I didn't get to pick at all. Somebody had already decided Mm -hmm. whoever the hell that was. But I love this idea of owning it and sort of, like, making it comfortable for you in whatever way and sort of taking the power out of out of it by making it maybe it's nice yeah maybe it's helping us out on that next little leg of the journey i mean what's the worst that can happen then death comes for you and it's like a totally different death than you imagine and he's like hey (laughs) come on i'm doing my best and he's just insulted or you just don't recognize death and you just keep going about yeah. your day and he's like following you around like, no, it's me. And you're like, no, I'm waiting for a koala. Yeah. Sorry. No, really, though. I've got Sorry, my Mustang out front. Come on. <laughs> I am not going with you. I've <laughs> never seen that Mustang before. <laughs> yeah. Where's the femur cart? <laughs> I'm waiting for the femur cart full of koalas. Thank yeah. you very much. I wanted to carpool off to my death, and you're just going to take me on, what, a Segway? No thanks. <laughs> I pulled a lift already. <laughs> what if death just, like, scoots up on a Segway, and oh, you're like, no. are you fucking kidding me? I am not going out like that. <laughs> if you like us, if we haven't traumatized you yet, if you want more of our bizarre dad joke brand of whatever this is, then help us help you get more of what you want by giving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. And tell your friends. If they're as weird as you are, they might like us too. If you want to join our Facebook group to find other weirdos like you, or follow our Facebook page or Instagram, we're on all of those at Death Party Podcast. And we're on Twitter at Death Party Pod, just to be difficult. If you want to email us your amazing idea for an episode, love letters, hate mail, fan art, or your soul. You're not really using it anyway. You can send those to us at deathpartypodcast at gmail.com. Bye! Bye!